When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Well, welcome to another big week of Jack and Payne. Thanks to Harrison Agents selling your home. Contact Harrison Agents today. I'm Jack Revolt, and the man that is usually in the other seat is Tim Payne. But unfortunately, well, we've uh, had to put in our Medi sub this week, and it's a man that's been well, no stranger to the show, David Flash Lithgow. Flash, big, big shoes to fill. Well, they are of the skipper. How are you going? Firstly, Jack, good to see you yep. over that stretch of water. Yep. Yeah, um, they are big shoes to fill. They are big shoes. Well, Flash, it's important that Payne and I obviously got Luca Brasi involved in there with the opener, mate, but I thought just you've, you've made your way into the show nicely, and I thought that without changing the opener, we could have our own little one. So I'm going to run one past you and let me know what your thoughts are on this little opener for me and you. Thoughts? Oh, yes. Wonderful. The great Love Rolling it. Stones jumping Jack Flash there. Well, it's well, it's the big absence, David, that he's not here this week, Tim Payne, so you are filling in for him. Um, we've, we've, we may have known that this has been on the cards for a little bit. Yes, we um, have. That he's... Uh, He's had surgery uh, on his back, um, which is uh, which is major surgery. Uh, but we're going to catch up with him in the show. He's not lost to us for the whole day. We're going to catch him. I don't know if he's out of hospital or not yet, but he is going to take a call, isn't he? He is, yes. No, he's a bit uh, bruised and battered, but he's going totally fine. I spoke to him yesterday. Can't wait to hear what he's got to say. He's had a he's had a minor operation of importance to get it done, but the the beauty of it all is, of course, he's got it done now, and we can quash any of those rumours going around, Jack, about um, whether Tim Payne will be available to keep in the ashes. Well, of course he will. Uh, he's got a little issue fixed and it'd be great to hear from the skipper, see what he's got to say. No, it's going to be big news. Um, and he's held off. I know Cricket Australia would have been knocking on his door to uh, get him to indicate how he's going and he's bashed back all the other big radio shows that want to um, want to catch up with the Australian cricket captain and find out how he's going. But he's held off in true loyal fashion. So we'll chat to him later. Another person we're going to have on the line is Grant Birchall, who is a four-time premiership player, obviously, for the Hawthorne Football Club, but has been plying his trade up at the Sunshine State under under Chris Fagan. And uh, he's uh, the draft before me. So he's retired during the week, um, Tasmanian Hall of Famer and Tasmanian footy legend. So we're looking forward to catching up with Birch and seeing what retirement looks like for him and what's on the other side of of his AFL career. And, of course, Launceston, the... uh, the successful uh, winners of the uh, SFL Premiership last week, Flash, uh, young Fletcher Seymour. He's going to be joining us from the Launceston Football Club. I don't know much about Fletcher, but you seem to know a little bit more about him. What's uh, what's his jib? Uh, well, Fletcher actually 
Yeah, no, he was a very good cricketer in the Australian under-19s six, seven years ago. And, of course, he played cricket at my old club back home in Launceston, Mowbray Cricket Club, played a premiership there as a young guy, but turned back to footy. And he may have played 10 or 12 games for my beloved IHA, Jack, of course, when ah, he decided ships. to go back to footy before he had a year at Clarence. And he's been back in Launceston in his home, home uh, in his real estate world that he works in. Uh, he's been back there for a couple of years and he's got a couple of premiership medals. He was sensational on the weekend. Looking forward to, to catching up with Fletch and talking all things footy. And hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping that he played in that official Lorna Jane game that you actually pulled the Lorna Jane three quarters on. I might actually ask him that one when we do get him on the line. Well, the big week uh, in footy. And it's the first time, well, ever that we've had uh, both teams having a bye going into the grand final. The old finals draw used to have one team having a bye into the grand final. Um, Flash, have, has anything come up on your desk or have you noticed anything during the week uh, with the grand final now a, a little bit over a week away? I know what it is. It's terribly exciting. I think the vibe around having the, the two local old-fashioned, if you like, Melbourne teams playing, albeit at Perth, and I understand that discussion we'll talk about the fact that it is a shame in many respects that it's not going to beat the MCG. Of course it is, but I think they're building a spectacle over there. I reckon it's going to be absolutely magnificent. And, and the beauty of it is, I think we can all agree now, and the dogs with their struggles at the end of the year, uh, well documented that last month, and Melbourne have been terrific for most of the last couple of months. We're getting the two teams that are absolutely hot as a pistol playing against each other. And again, it's that local Melbourne inner city rivalry um, can't wait for the game. Sensational. Just, just the Westgate separates them. And credit where credit is due. Uh, I did sit up here, and so did my co-host Tim Payne and Tip uh, mm. Tip against the Bulldogs last Doggies. week. And our uh, well, our esteemed football uh, nous, our man that knows everything about AFL, tipped the Bulldogs. Flash, well done. By a bit of a margin too, I think. If you just, I might get Mitch to go back and check the tapes, but. No, in all seriousness, I've, I've, I just liked what I've seen. That that game against that second half in Launceston, we got to call that game, of course, against the Bombers. They really clicked into gear, and I've loved the fact that they've been able to get Trelaw and Dunkley more miles in their legs, and then suddenly you go back to where they were at the start of the year where they bat seven or eight deep. It's an incredible depth of midfield. And the question is, for me, is we know about Max Gorn and his standing in the game at the moment, can Stefan Martin just do enough to stay with him, the veteran, for, you know, so let's say 60% ruck time and because you still want English, don't you? Sort of doing a lot of his work up forward. But I think that's where the week off really helps the doggies because I think Steph Martin, veteran, still a pretty good runner, you know, albeit in his older age. That might really keep him fresh for the big contest. But it's not just Steph Martin. Lots of players will appreciate the week off, of course. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – we'll, we'll chat more footy later on in the show. And, of course, next week's show we'll have a big grand final preview. We're trying to get a few things in the works in there and um, hopefully we can have a player from both teams on. Uh, but the bye week flash, do you, do you like it? Are you against it? I, I'm – I just think it's a bit of a ticking time bomb. Well, you tell me. You've played, I guess this is for you, you've played the last five or six years in uh, this time of the year. Um, the preparation, so you've gone through it with the bye week to start with, to start the finals, which we know perhaps suggests, we, well, we look back, maybe that helped the Dogs when they win their flag in 2016. It's completely different now. What do you think? Uh, no, I, my worry is that Melbourne have played... Well, one game in 28 days when, when that Saturday rolls around next week and they finally get to go out and play in that grand final. But is it a... 
Are we worried about uh, that as a form line? I'm not so sure it will be an issue. I think they're they're hardened well enough, and, and they've actually been, from all reports, been sort of doing a, a practice game in replace of actually playing that week. So um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting way. It's an interesting grand final, but flash. It is a very very interesting year. It is, and look, I don't think we can go much further and talk about the news down at Richmond. Uh, the three time. Premiership captain Trent Cotchin, he's, well, he's signalled his intentions, obviously, to hand in the captaincy. He'll go on next year. Is this the best opportunity you are to spook your case to have the job? I know um, you pretty well. Is that something you'd like to do? Uh, I, would, I wouldn't mind you'd it. You'd love to do it. I'm I would, sure you would. I, wouldn't, I, would, I actually would love to do it, and but it, it's, to be honest, it's... Um, love to early, do it early like, properly, in, wouldn't you? Early on in my career, it was something that I aspired to do, um, but then... As you grow older, you evolve into to different things, and I've evolved. I feel like I've evolved into a good vice captain, and been standing next to Trent. The only the only way I can sort of see myself being captain is um, if, if the club can foresee maybe a younger player taking on that role and not being ready yet. So maybe it's a it's a one year or, or two year sort of stopgap to to fill in. But I mean, you've only got to look at the the names that. I mean, Lynch has, has been an AFL captain before at the Gold Coast Suns. Dylan Grimes, Shane Edwards is another guy that may step in as a as that sort of not temporary captain, but just the one to to see the next person in to come in. Because a lot of people mention Jack Graham's name. He's still twenty three years of age, and if you ask Trent now if if it was he was too young to be given the captaincy, I, I dare suggest that he would say that maybe twenty three is, is is too young. So he has turned into a fantastic captain, and as you mentioned, three time premiership captain. So uh, no, it's a, yeah, it's going to be a big job, and we're, I'm looking forward to, to seeing who we can come up with. Well, you've listed a lot of names, and is that the issue there? Like, I mean, Dustin Martin's been the best player in the game for five or six years. That's the old-fashioned way, of course, once upon a time, where you'd naturally have the best player. Um, Tom Lynch is there as well. Um, you've got your good self. Is there anyone else that you haven't mentioned behind the scenes that you think has got terrific leadership? So perhaps if they said, look... Let's give it one or two years here, Grace. I know you think you've got three or four more years of your footy left in you, so I reckon you can turn one into two at least if you were the skipper. But in all seriousness, there's another one, you know, that younger brigade that can perhaps come in and that, I've, that I think we wouldn't talk about. Vloston's probably... One, Grimes? Grimes is 30, so he's sort of... I mean, he's a bit older, of course. There's, probably, there's a, probably a few of us in the same boat. So Martin, um, I, I think he could do it, definitely. Um even more so over the last two years and how much he's grown. And I think there may be a slight appetite there to, to do it. Um, genuine care and, and, and has grown as a leader. Grimes is 30 as well. So, I mean, the, yep. the, Vloston's probably the one that fits into the next age bracket. Kane Lambert's a name that probably doesn't get mentioned a lot that could, could easily step in. He, he's probably um, the, the Chris Newman type of captain where um, held, held, held extremely highly in regard, sorry, high regard at the uh, at the football club, but probably not as publicly well known as a, as a leader. So, like you say, there's there's probably, I mean, well over a do, uh, half a dozen blokes that could put their hand up. So, um, but uh, that's fifteen I've counted yeah, so far <laughs> that you mentioned all up. So, start naming the whole football department. But uh, no, it's it, it's an interesting process to go through, and one that we probably haven't had to do for a while now. So, um, we will find the right person for the job. What about tell me this, tell. Tell me about some of the, the names and some of your young tools that have we've been hearing about. Callum Coleman-Jones, what do we know about that young man? Yeah, no, it looks like he's going to be going... Well, he's, he's asking for a trade. Um, 
North Melbourne's the name that's been bandied around. It's, it's, it's disappointing because we, we want to keep him because he's an important, we feel like he's an important part of our future. Um, but I think he, he looks at opportunity and, and doesn't see it at the Tigers at the moment, which, uh, I mean, in fairness, got Soldo returning off an ACL, he's a premiership ruckman. Toby Nankervis is, is clearly our number one ruck. And then myself and, and, and Lynchy as, as key forwards. And, and I mean, CJ got a few games late in the year, but Dustin wasn't playing. Does he fit into a forward line that has the uh, the three of us in there plus him? It's a question that no doubt he's asked himself a lot. Um, but, yeah, so it'll be disappointing to see him go. I think we're still going to really push hard to, to try and change his mind. But, um, yeah, he'll uh, he'll be a very good player. Um, at the, at the, currently, it looks like it won't be for us, which is disappointing. So, yeah. I think it's one of those discussion points as well that, you know, you've got a. I guess, a, a, a veteran list in a sense that you, you're maintaining some of your experience and you're in that bracket, aren't you? So yeah, and it's hard. does he look at that, Coleman Jones, that, well, maybe Jack's going to be there for two years. So there's one spot I can't get into. I mean, that, those discussions happen, don't yeah, they? And it's hard. And he's at a point in his career where he's coming into his fifth season now. And as a key forward, that's when you want to start to really yep. hit your straps. And, um, I mean, I'll, I'll take my Richmond hat off. I, know, I can sort of see why he wants to go out there and play as much AFL footy as he can. And um, it's, uh, yeah, if I was in his position and, and I wanted to go and um, play, play my trade and I had blokes in front of me that um, maybe didn't look like they were going to be moving aside, uh, I'd want it as quick as I could as well. So can't can't knock him with that. Um, as I said, it, it's really disappointing that he's going to be leaving us because we feel like we put a lot of hard, hard work into him. But, um, I mean, that's the industry and that's football and it is what it is. And big child of the Gold Coast seems like there's a, a lucrative deal there. That so there's a you know a combo of big of big guys. Tigerland won't be there. Yeah, no. Look, I, I think that maybe the club had sort of factored in that that one of them was going to leave. But to both leave is disappointing. Marbio is an unrestricted free agent, so um, I think it just really comes down to dollars. Unfortunately, that the club. And, and well, can I stop you? That's the point, isn't it? And and this is what all clubs are faced with. We've seen. The Swans are going through the same thing. They've got a lot of young talent coming through, but it doesn't matter who you are. You can't keep all your good players. And and it, it has changed COVID significantly within the, the four walls, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And you've only got to look at the names that are that have, well, not retiring, but that are, are being uncontracted, so not being recontracted, sorry. Um, Talia uh, Hartlett's another one that's been still good enough to play AFL foot, football. Um, Sam Reid is it for Swans Sam for Reed for is the he... Swans Jordan yep. Dawson I mean even the talk around uh, Luke uh, who Luke Parker I mean that that went yep. down to, that goes down to the wire just due to the fact that a lot of sides are tight with the with the cap at the moment due to the the cutback forces the, Dawson so, out doesn't yeah, it forces Dawson out so whilst you can say yep go and pay this person this amount of money um, and just get them to your football club the the cap and keeping the cap um, clean and under the salary cap for the next few years still comes down to this year. You've got to look at the way Collingwood last year clearly had uh, issues with their salary cap and had to get rid of Trelaw and Stevenson and they might find themselves in a similar boat again this year is that these guys, and we still don't have a contract on Scott Pendlebury. So this, this is the reason why these contracts are going down to the wire and we're seeing good players that have still got good footy left in them. Granted, they're sort of 28 plus um, in terms of years of age, they they are getting pushed out of sides. And there's a few bargains there that can be snapped up by, by teams that do have some salary cap room. I wonder if that'll change in the next couple of years. Hopefully the 
the COVID thing, which has changed everything, the world changes. A couple of jobs. Carlton aren't getting Brad Scott involved in the coaching role anyway. That's another one we can tick off the list with him, with the new look AFL footy department role with Laura Kane. Yeah, no, that's um, a, a big, I mean, big shoes to fill in terms of Stephen Hawking came into the AFL and had a real impact and then was probably sort of short-lived in his role there, but then uh, the, the job opened up with Brian Cook leaving the Geelong Football Club and and uh, Hocking always having ties back to Geelong, headed back down the, the highway here, or the Princess Highway here in Melbourne to, to Catland. But, but Brad Scott and Laura Kane come into, well, splitting the, the, the role of Stephen Hocking, really, and, and that new football department. What, what's the issue, Flash, do you think they need to, to knock off early on uh, with, uh, with those new appointments? Yeah, and I think that's the is the separation and, and how many hats that you've got to wear in the role. And I think that's what confuses the, the general masses, isn't it? That... Um, and the Twitter conversation, which really does get quite ridiculous at times, but really um, sp- spreading the load a little bit. So it actually, in general, and I think that's the the key, the key component. You know that some I feel sorry for Hawking in times because he gets thrown, he got thrown with every issue in the whole thing, but he was clearly carrying too much weight and burden of roles. And you know he'd be an interesting guy to you know talk to off air and actually actually find out, you know, how, from his perspective, what you'd have to deal with to, to maintain those significant different roles he had. Yeah, no, well, budget cuts weren't just hit at club land and all, right. all over the country. The AFL slashed, I think, nearly 70% of their workforce. So certainly a lot of hats were being worn by very few people in there. A lot of issues moving forward. And we say issues, but there's also some real growth areas for tinkering. the game to go through. Tinkering, which is always great to... To get the fans talking about, no doubt there'll be a rule change or something like that that the fans will hate, and then halfway through the year, they will forget about it. Up next, though, Flash, I want to put this out to our Twitterverse and out to our social oh, yeah, media follows. About? I want to talk about the top 10 players in the AFL, and we're not judging them off this year. I want to know, and the theme here is we, we obviously a real push for the Tasmanian team to get up and going in the AFL, that 19th license. I want to know, Flash, who are the top 10 players you would pick Next year. It doesn't matter about... Just the, for next year. Just for next year. They're a one-year contract. I want you to, to, to pick your top 10. And I want to see who you've got and I want to see who I've got. And then, I most importantly, I want to see who the fans have got out there as their top 10 players. We'll discuss that and more right after this. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Welcome back to the Jack and Payne show on SEN Hobart. And of course, David Flash Lithgow is filling in for Tim Payne this week. Payne will join us a little later in the show. It's all thanks to Harrison Agents selling your home. Contact Harrison Agents today. Now, Flash, we teased it just before the break there. The top 10 players in the game for next year, one year contracts. We're getting them down to Tasmania to play just for this year, and you can have you could have three ruckmen in there. Um, we're not we're not saying that they're all running out together. We're saying these are the, the targets that you would like to have on a one year contract for uh, for the Tasmanian team to play next year. Do you want to lead us away with your top ten? Well, yeah. Let me start with it, and I've framed this. We've been talking about this all week, but I've framed this as still the best ten players in order. So if I'm doing my free agency list. I'm starting with the top and I'm saying he's the best and he's the next best. And I think that because there's many ways you can do it. You can throw in leadership and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But this is, this is what I think. I, do you want to go do one, one to ten or ten to one? One to ten, I reckon. Ten's I gonna, think one to ten. Ten's going to start where we're going to start talking them through. 
I want to just touch on one a little bit longer. We talked about Max Gorn um, last week before the game and looked at that game and think, who's actually going to stop him? He's taken to his game to another level. Now, he's not going to play a game like that again with some of those goals were just incredible. I don't think he he's might. kicked more than two or three in his career like four, that. I and think he four. Three I think four was proper his... Good ones. Proper good ones. Proper good, yeah. He did. Four was his uh, career best before that. Now, two, two knee recos. That's what people forget about Max Two Ford. knee recos. I actually he kicked four for Casey one day. I was calling the game that a few count. years ago. That doesn't <laughs> count. Right, yeah. No, it doesn't. But Is that, he number one? But, uh, he's number one, right, and yeah. I've got him in front of Daylight, and I think he's that far the best player in the game. Who does Daylight play for? I've still got Dustin Martin yep. as second, and out of full respect, and I think to say that a lot of people, and you will, you'll, you'll shoot me down, but Gorn has gone in front of Martin's ridiculous, but... I'm certainly giving in Martin the grace of this year, etc., and what's happened at Tigerland, the respect from previously. But to me, right now, Gorn is the one player that I would take in front of Martin. I've got Bontempelli at three. Um, yep. I've got his teammate, and I know you won't have him that high, McRae at four. I think mm. he is a megastar. You know what he reminds me of? Can I frame this? Yep. You know my love for Joey Kennedy is like no other. <laughs> And in 2011 to 2017, Kennedy won three All-Australians. It should have been five. I won't even get started in that. <laughs> he was the most underrated top 10 player of that year that no one ever talked about. I feel like McRae's the same. He's an accumulator. But he's tough and hard. I have loved everything about him. And I still think he's slightly underrated. Him and Petrarca will be a wonderful view. And I don't know if they'll play on each other. I've got Petrarca at five. Um, nice. What a two years he's had. Incredible. Toby Green's at six. He does stuff that I think only one other player can do, and I might mention him at the end. Um, that mix of kicking goals, taking marks, tough and hard is, is remarkable. At seven, I've got Nathan Fife, and I'm giving him the same injury sort of let off, I guess, that Martin hasn't got. Fife is still the best player over there by a mile when he's going. I've got Oliver at eight. I've got Grundy at nine. Um Grundy's last two years hasn't been as good as 18-19, but I saw enough of him when he was playing well this year. He, I would want him on my list. And then 10's the hard one. Um, okay, I've changed this and I haven't told you this. I know Isaac Heaney is not rated, done enough to be the 10th best player in the competition, but Isaac Heaney, in my eyes, still could be what Martin was the last five years, his next five years. And right. I've got Isaac Kenny in the top 10. Now, I've left out Grimes and I've left out Papley, and I talked to you about this. Yep. They're the other two that I can find a role. Grimes is stiff, but uh, Isaac Kenny, I've rolled him into number 10. I want him at Tassie. So, yeah, Grimes at 11 and Papley at 12? That, yeah, and I know, look, we've talked about Papley. I just think he's a small forward. He, there's no one as good as him. And it does, I don't think Charlie it's close. Physically, teammates, etc., etc. Go for it. Charlie, what do you think? Charlie Cameron's better than Tom Papley, I reckon. No, he's okay. Not. Here we go. Okay, I've got Bontempelli at one. I just Gee, think I, I think that I didn't see that coming. When 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 he's up and about, uh, which he has been for most of the year, and I know a lot of people have bagged him over the back end of the season, but he still hasn't been as bad as what people have said. He could be so far in the front in the Brownlow this year that they can't chase him down. So I've got Bontempelli as one big midfielder. Um, love what they bring. Next, I've got Toby Green. I think he is the pound for pound in terms of having possessions, the role he plays, the forward line he plays in, and the team he plays for. He has the most impact 
of anyone in the AFL when he gets Can I give you a stat on that? Just quickly, there's two players in the game that average 15 possessions a game, five marks, and kick 30-plus. And they're those two guys we're talking about. That's an unusual stat, but a really significant. I reckon Heaney and Green both fall into that bracket. Yeah. No, so I, 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 I didn't have Heaney in, so I, I won't. Yeah. I like Toby. Uh, I've got Daz, Dustin at three. Um, still... He he falls into that. I'm a big one on score involvement, so I think um, he's he's in there just for that. Um, we know he's the champ. Um, clearly injured in the back end of the season, and interesting to see how he comes through that, just with what, the way it happened and contact and what he gets into. But you still, he just has impact on games and and big games, and that's I'm I'm, I'm waiting that as well. The fact that he can play well in finals, as we all know, uh, I've gone with your number one at four, Gorn. Um, how good was that goal on the run last week? Oh, my gosh. How good was that goal on the he, run last week? Yeah, that was incredible. I liked his first snap. I mean, that's something we haven't seen before. A curler <laughs> from 40. He, he just... The value of having a ruckman like that, and we have seen very, very few ruckmen like that, is, well, it's so important, and he will be a massive, massive reason that if he plays well this coming week, or sorry, in Saturday, Saturday fortnight, he, he will be the reason that that Melbourne can win it. And the man that got him that goal, single-handedly got him that goal, Christian Petrarca, I've got him at five. Um, he, yeah, we, we, he sort of fits into that Dustin Martin mold, doesn't he? Toby Green that plays that, that. He probably, Toby Green's more forward than midfield. Those two blokes are probably, Dustin's probably a bit more forward than midfield, but Petrarca's that more midfield than forward. Uh, brute. Brute, absolute brute. And I think he's learnt to use his body. That's the that's what I like to see. That's still step through. Do, do, does he kick it a bit better too? Does he like his foot skills a bit tidier? I think um, the ability to break through stoppage and get out allows him to be a bit more cleaner. So uh, that little handball to go on last week for the running goal was there. Sparring partner Oliver, I've got at six. Um, best hands in the business. Unbelievable handballer. Uh, love what he does in terms to get it out, and he gets it out to the the guys like Petrarca. I've got Franklin. At seven. Wow. Gee. How good. You would know more better than me. But he's back half of the year. When he's up and going, he's still unstoppable, isn't he? He's, he's, still, he's still the best forward in the competition when he's up and going, isn't he? I think he is. I only watch him live a couple of times uh, this year, but the evidence that we saw up in Launceston, and he, look, Heaney look, was the one that was taking over that game in the second half. But why can't he play for two Three more years? I mean, he, he's a beautifully gifted, aerobically sound well managed, you know, Aboriginal too. man that well, covers the ground. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well managed. Uh, I've got Tom Stewart at eight, best defender in the competition, I think, and clearly... So he's better... Okay, just hang on. I'll just check that. He's better than Grimes. So uh, he's now gone past your three-time premiership teammate. No, I think yeah, I think Grimes is an unbelievable stopper uh, and interceptor, but... For mine, I reckon Stuart gets involved a little bit more on offence. And, I mean, the Geelong result in the first week of the finals and the third week of the finals showed how much they really did miss him with that foot injury. I've got McRae at nine. The one thing with McRae, who, which is, I think gets underrated, is his ball use is elite. Oh, and I think it's just because he's a left footer and maybe he just... Kicks around the corner Next. a little bit. People think, oh, he's a, he may be a bit of a scrubby kick, but he's actually an, an elite user. Um, and I've snuck Fife in in 10. Uh, I think up and going, obviously, two, two-time Brownlow medalist. Um, when he's up and going, just it can hurt you in the air. 
can hurt you on the ground. Um, and he's a pretty he's, similar, really. Pretty, so pretty you've similar. Got Franklin. Did you? Did you? Stewart could you find Dangerfield? Where would you have Dangerfield? Uh, no, I couldn't. No, I couldn't. I look. I had him still 15, 16. Yeah. Um, look, I'm certainly not ruling him out, and he's the evidence, the recent evidence is, you know, that Geelong game, and he was probably still their best player, wasn't he? But it's hard. How do you? I'm not sure. Um, the only for one other, year. Imagine go- the only other one that I nearly had in was Hawkins. Um, I nearly had Hawkins. I probably Look, had you're him at a 11. cheerleader here for it. Is there any more key forwards you want to put in? Oh, I've got two in there. Right, Franklin and Hawkins. Franklin at 36 next year, and I'm his biggest fan, as you know. Hawkins is there. Yep. You haven't put yourself in, but... Nah, 15. Okay, that's good. Yep, 15. Well, there you go, Flash. They're, we're actually pretty pretty similar. I didn't think we would be Very similar. thinking the same. But, yeah, um, I was hoping so. Really. I really wanted you to put Papley in there because I was going to go, Heaney's better than him, Franklin's better than him. I think Mills I and Rampy are better than him. But you I read you, the play there. You, <laughs> you've still got your Sydney <laughs> scarf on from calling that game up at York Park. Well, we are always looking forward to hearing what the fans out there have got in their top 10. No doubt they'll be different to ours. Um, and you probably get a better look at some of your sides that, and uh, players that play for your team and know the value that maybe we don't. This is Jack and Flash. And while Flash is filling in for Paney on SEN Hobart, it's time to get some news headlines. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Paney with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Welcome back to Jack and Paney on SEN Hobart. Flash Lithgow in the chair for Paney, who we'll catch up with later in the show and talk all things injury and all things cricket with him. But... Well, we are joined by some Tasmanian footballing royalty, a four-time premiership player, champion both clubs, Hawthorne and Brisbane. And he's announced his retirement during the week, and that is, of course, Grant Birchall. Birch, welcome to the show, mate. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Mate, a week on. You've uh, retired your last game, obviously the, the final against the Bulldogs. How's retirement life, and how's it all sitting with you? Yeah, I'm really happy and content with it all. Um yeah, no, it's been a great 16 years. I'm very lucky to have lived a childhood dream. Um, I've had an absolute ball, so it was just the right time to to hang them up. And I've spent my couple of years up in Brisbane, and um, it's just time now for the younger boys to, to jump on and um, give them an opportunity. And, um, yeah, just really happy and content with it all. And um, Yeah, it's really good. I'm really looking forward to the next chapter. Birch, tell us about Brisbane um, at the back end of your career. We'll touch on your amazing time at Hawthorne um, over a decade there and some tremendous memories. What what did the Brisbane experience do for you at the end of your career? Oh, I'm really grateful for what Brisbane did for me. They gave me an opportunity to extend my career. I was I was uh, I was pretty much nearly gone in um, my last sort of year or two at the Hawks with my body and whatnot. So I'm really grateful for Fags and and the Footy Club for for believing in me and giving me an opportunity to extend my career. Um, I knew straight away when I walked into the joint that the joint was in a really good space, um, really well led by Zorks um, and the group. They really welcomed me. Um, they're really hungry to get better, um, and they're a really tight knit bunch. So. Um, yeah, they're, they're a great bunch of boys to play footy with and, and they're on the right path. Um, uh, great medical staff, which was also um, a reason why I went up. Um, so, yeah, just ticked a lot of boxes and um, I'm glad I, I went up there and made the move. Mate, you're, you're a proud Tasmanian, northwest coaster. St. Brendan's Shore boy, is that right? 
That's correct. Done yep, my research yep. there, of course. It's great. Matthew Richardson <laughs> came from St. Brendan Shore as well. That's correct. Do you, yep, like, yep. Tasmanians stay connected to their to their state, but the Brisbane Lions are, uh, have got a real good contingent up there, don't they, of, of, of Taswegians that have made their way and applying their trade in the uh, in the AFL system? That's correct, yeah. Alistair Lynch, um, yeah, he'd be the top of the tree. Obviously, three flags in 300 games, so... Um, yeah, good little Tassie contingent. Uh, obviously, with Mitch Robbo playing and Fags coaching, and uh, David Noble was at the club for for a period of Zane time. Zane Little so John. Zane Little John. Yep, yep. He works in the development space of the footy club. So um, yeah, there's a few boys there. It's good. Bunch of Taswegians. It's, uh, it's good to see. What do, you, what do you think about all this Tasmanian footy talk over the last couple of months? You, we've heard, you would have heard all the conversations with Peter Gutwin, etc. Birch from afar. You know, you haven't lived here for 15 years. The, the thoughts and processes with Tassie footy, where it's heading, a team in the not-too-distant future, how does that sit with you? It's just great for me. I reckon uh, get them in as quick as possible. Let's get let's get the ball rolling and get it started um, so we can, uh, yeah, get to work. Um, I reckon it would be fantastic. How, would, how good would it be to see the map of Tassie um, out there in the AFL competition? It would just be amazing. So I'm all for it. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's hope the AFL can... Uh, can better see an ASAP. It'd be amazing. Of course, we'd be uh, then accessing talent like your draft in 2005, mate. We speak back to that 2005. You're an early pick for the Hawthorne Football Club. Did you ever think when you stepped into to Glen Ferry Oval for the first time that you, you'd leave well Hawthorne uh, as a, as a four time Premiership player? Oh God, no, 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 God, no. Um, as you know, Jack, as a young player. Uh, getting drafted, all you want to do is is come in, um, get respected by your teammates, and and play your first game of footy. Um, and that was that was my focus. Um, that's all I wanted to do. And um, I was lucky because at the time the Hawks were down right down the bottom. Um, we were um, starting from scratch, so a lot of guys got a an opportunity, um, including me. And I was just lucky enough to make the most of it. And um, sort of things just kicked off from there, and we all grew and. Um, yeah, I, I still pinch myself. It's extraordinary um, to think, you know, I've played in four flags. It's just, yeah, ridiculous. Um, I'm so lucky to have amazing footballers that I've played alongside, Clarko, um, amazing assistant coaches, everyone involved. Um, pretty special time. So very, very lucky. Is there a favourite flag out of the journey? Mine's 2017 for the Tigers fans. I want to know right there, mate. Is there, is there one for you? Is it the first or is it possibly the third after? That, that, well, not the third, the fourth in the in the... Third and the three, Pete. Yeah, no, actually, 2014 was my favourite. So the third one against the Swans. Um, Flash won't like hearing yeah, that. Was, that was Flash that, will not like. <laughs> he's a Swans man. Flash, you won't like hearing that. Oh, Swans man, sorry, mate. Yeah, no, I just with uh, the whole 2012 situation, they knocked us off in the last couple of minutes there. So it was nice to get one back on them in uh, in 14, and obviously with the bud, the whole bud saga, um, and all that. And yeah, the game was was over three-quarter time, so it was nice to enjoy that one in the last quarter. And um, The 2008 one, the first one, you never, yeah, that was just, that was unreal. We um, we weren't expected to win that whatsoever. We didn't get, wasn't given a chance, and um, yeah, that was uh, that was unbelievable, yeah. What about those rivalries too, Birch, back in the day, you the Cats and, and the Swans? Um, are they the two that stand out, or is it some of those prelims like you had against Collingwood? Who... When you reflect on your career, who, who was the teams that really you you remember for those great battles the most? 
Oh, the Cats for sure. Yeah, the Cats for sure. I mean, after we beat them in 2008, um, I think, oh, they beat us the next 10, 11 times or something. <laughs> I reckon it was an average of, average of seven or eight points or something ridiculous like that. They're always ripping games to play in. Um, obviously, Sydney and Collingwood were really successful and strong through that period as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, whenever you line up against those teams, everyone's um, uh, just raises and, and gets um, gets a bit edgy. And, um, yeah, it was, they were just awesome to play footy in front of um, all the crowds. And, yeah, it was just unbelievable. I was... Uh, I still think back to those Geelong games and think, how the bloody hell did they pip us so many times? But, um, yeah, it was some good the, fun. Some of the great games flash on Easter Monday between the Hawks and the Cats. Birch, what is the life after footy? You, you've obviously been involved in the game for a long time. You've got a fantastic football brain. Is the coaching pathway one you're looking to go down or will you steer away from footy altogether? I think I'd like to stay involved in footy at some capacity. Um, I'll sit down over the next little while, take a breath and, and figure all that out. Um, so, uh, yeah, just figuring out whether I want to stay up here in Queensland or, or go back to Melbourne. There's a few things going on. My partner's um, expecting, we're expecting our first child at the oh, end of the year. So there's a, thank you. Yeah, so there's, there's a few things, uh, a few things there we've got to weigh up and sort out. So I'll take uh, the next little while to, to think through that. And, um, yeah, but I think I'd definitely like to be involved. Um, in the game at some capacity. Is, yeah. is there yep. any interest to head head back to the to the yellow and, and gold to go, to go back and play under Sam Mitchell, who's a teammate of yours, and will be taking the coaching reins at Hawthorne next year? Uh, look, potentially, I think they're pretty sorted there at the Hawks. I think Mitchell's got his crew there that he wants, um, and they're on the uh, rebuilding path. And um, so, I don't think I'll be at the Hawks anytime soon. But um, look, if any other opportunities bob up at any other clubs i'll certainly uh, i'll certainly look at it what about with this the, the coaching fraternity um talked about sam mitchell there i know um speaking with brendan bolton last week during the week you've had a good relationship with him he's now gone to collingwood in that role the tasmanian setup birch someone who's been involved for such a long time who could you see sort of heading that up in the coaching could you could you lure a Clarko down? Could Brendan Bolton come again, Chapter 2, and, and get his career going again? Who, who would be a good candidate for that role? Something we've talked about on the program for a number of weeks now. But for what role is that, sorry? What role is Just that? The coach. Like, who, 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 would you, who, who could head up Tassie footy when the, you need the coach for the 2026 season, the map's out? Um, yeah. Would there be specific names? Is that something as well, extension from that? I guess, would that be something you'd like to be involved in? Absolutely, yeah. If there's an opportunity there to uh, to help to help out Tassie Footy, um, yeah, I'd certainly look at it. Absolutely. Um, oh, two names spin to mind. I'm very biased. I've been coached under them, um, Clarko and Fags. What Fags has done up here in Brisbane um, has been extraordinary. Really, um, they were they were rock bottom, and um, uh, what they've done over the last couple of years has been has been pretty impressive. So he he's been around the block for a long period of time. He's had a lot of experience. Um, he knows what he's doing, so very calm, positive um, person. So I can see him going down and um, and helping out Tassie Footy and, and showing them the way. Well, Birch, we're just over a week away from crowning the 2021 AFL Premier. You've faced the D's and you've faced the Bulldogs yep. in, in the recent month. Yep. How do they match up? And have you got a tip for us? I just like the D's at the moment. I just reckon they're peaking at the right time. Um, that pre, I think they were the best team we faced all year, particularly that first final. They were 
uh, we couldn't get out of our back half. They were, the way they set up behind the footy, um, they work really hard. They work really hard. Their high half forwards get back and help out their defence. Um, they're just a well-drilled team at the moment. They've got everything up and going. They've got hardly got any injuries. Um, so my pick is the D's. Um, but in saying that, it'd be interesting to see how they handle uh, the week off. Um, they had a week off after they beat us in the first final as well. So, um, yeah, whether that's a bit of a disruption to them, I'm not too sure, but um, they're looking really good. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Bears will win. Well, Birch, congratulations on what is an amazing career. It only seems like yesterday that we were playing against each other at North Harbour. We'll send a half back, send that's a half forward. Right, that's right. I remember I remember you and Mitch Thorpe lining up. Those days. I <laughs> we did, those we did days. the old swap over when you were playing for the North West Coast Sharks and I was playing that's for it. the Southern Swans. <laughs> and who would have thought, mate, four, right. four premierships, 16 years in the system. Uh, you're a Tasmanian... Hall of Famer, uh, which is an amazing achievement, mate. So congratulations on a great career, and thanks for joining us on SEN Hobart. No, no worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, there you go, Flash, a true champion of Tasmanian football. Um, and, of course, you can never take away those four premierships with him. And has played a lot of football down in Tassie due to the fact that the Hawks are there. Stick around. More next on Jack and Paney. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania... Search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Welcome back to Jack and Payne on SEN Hobart. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate experts. Flash, Grant Birchall, I, I teased oh. right at the end there. where We spoke about when he was playing for the Northwest Coast Sharks and I was playing for the Southern Swans. This one I've been under 14s or 15s. Speak about mythological people that you, you think, oh, Grant Birchall, like, Basher Hall is a good example over here in Melbourne. There was always a kid called Basher who played for the Western Jets, and everyone was scared of him because he was a man-child. Birch was, Birch was that bloke in Tassie. He was such a superstar at such a young age, athletically gifted, and sneaky tall, 193 centimetres, could have played key position, but obviously plied his trade at halfback, and a great, great player. That was a great chat with him. Oh, I'm glad you... I thought you were going to mention about, you know, the seven flags between the two of us and finally with a couple of kids and a bit of humility coming into your life the last few years, you didn't. But it is it is a remarkable story in itself. What a player he was. Talk to Brendan Bolton about him during the week um, and he rates him as the best halfback flank. He actually puts him in front of Enright, which is a, wow. a, a discussion which is pretty significant. But just for that role and that team, um, his running carry, his ability still to play tall, as you said... Could he mark it as well as Enright? I'm not sure, um, but what a player. What a journey. Four flags. He's an absolute Tasmanian icon. Well, coming up in the next hour, we're going to cover off everything happening in the Tasmanian local sport, and there has been a lot happening. Flash will preview the Brownlow medal, but up next, it's time to check in with the man whose seat you are sitting in currently, Tim Payne, to see how he's going and all things cricket. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania... Search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Welcome back to another big hour of Jack and Payne on SEN Hobart. SEN track Northern Tasmania and right around the country on the SEN app. It's all thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate experts. I'm Jack Revolt and filling in for Payne this week is David Flash Lithgow. And speaking of Payne Flash, we've got him on the phone. Tim Payne, Australian Test Captain, and the man that's normally in the chair here, Jack and Payne. How are you, mate? 
Going all right, lads. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yes, going well, going well. Flash has started well. And I want to start with Flash Painty because have you ever seen two blokes make a man? He started off oh with five God. minutes at the end of our first show. Yeah. We got him into one segment, turned into two segments. Then we made a pitch yep. for him to call the finals for Essien Hobart down there, those two <laughs> AFL finals. Tick that box there. We called the SFL grand final last week, which Launceston won. And now he has just weaseled his way in nicely and he's yeah. sitting in the co-host chair. How much do you think Flash owes us? Well, another instance, Jack, that he hasn't said thanks, to be honest, which is disappointing. Oh, sure. um, he's like one of those, describe him as like one of those clovers in your lawn. You get you get a little one and you think it, you can get rid of it and it just keeps spreading and spreading and um, he's got a little bit out of control, but we'll rein him back in the next couple of weeks. No doubt he'll be Hutchie's Tim, right, I think, right-hand man soon. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, I think your focus needs to be making sure that uh, you can roll straight back into this seat, to be quite frank with you. Yeah, no, true. In, in all seriousness, how are you going, mate? I spoke to you when you got home yesterday briefly. It's a, it's a little yep. bit of a battle, but how are you feeling? Yeah, feeling much better now. Um, the last couple of days have been a bit of a challenge, but um, yeah, I um, obviously had the bulging disc pressing in, uh, I suppose, the, uh, the nerve canal in the spine. So I was having a few issues down the left side of my body and uh, we're sort of getting that touch and go stage where I either don't get it done and take the risk uh, that I'll be right through the ashes or, or get it fixed now and make sure I am. So pretty happy with the decision after the surgeon. Um, had a look in there yesterday or the day before and um, yeah, he said it was a good decision to get it done in the end. So happy that I've done it and now um, try and rehab it over the next sort of four or six weeks and see where I'm at. What's the uh, what's the actual surgery that you've had done, mate? Is it um, oh, sorry, clearly anything to do with your back's pretty invasive, but, but what have you had yeah. done to your back? Yeah, so I ended up having disc replacements on uh, C6 and 7, uh, so high up in the neck. Um, basically, they're going through the front, so they've cut a big sort of hole in my throat, uh, moved my voice box and that over to the side and, and going that way. It's just a more less invasive flow rather than going through the back where obviously your spine is. Uh, it's a safer way of doing it. So, gone in, pulled them out. Through your throat. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound great. And I'll tell you what, I was a bit sore yesterday in the throat, but feeling much better today. So, uh, yeah, take them out, put the put the new disc in, and um, stitch it back up, and away you go. So, uh, it actually feels really, really good, except for the front where I have got the cut at the moment. I feel like my range is already better, and um, just got to now make sure the front where the where the cut heals and um, give the disc time to sort of take the rest of my. Uh, spine, I guess, um, over the next month or so, and then get moving. And you talk about that time frame, Timmy, four to six weeks. Um, what What is the process, and how do you think it'll get better gradually? And what sort of things you're looking for over the next month or so? Uh, yeah, probably the most important thing is probably the, the first two weeks is just the healing itself. So I've got to give it a chance, as I said, to sort of take with the the bone that's already there. Um, and then, yeah, it's a pretty slow process, if I'm totally honest. I'll be walking, I suppose, in the next couple of weeks, uh, doing a lot of little neck physio-type movements just to try and get the muscles, uh, the smaller muscles in my neck working again. Uh, and then it's sort of a bit of a see how we go from there. But um, I know I'll be sort of dealing with physio out at the hospital for the next sort of six weeks before I'm sort of handed back over to, to Cricket Tasmania and Cricket Australia to then start my, I suppose, cricket rehab. It's a, it's a massive decision to make on on the eve of the most important thing in an Australian cricketer's career to play in an Ashes, a home Ashes series. How, how do you how do you you said you were sort of tossing up whether or not to make this decision? How, how do you make it? And, and do you consult Cricket Tasmania? Do you consult Cricket Australia? Yeah. Or do you seek advice from outside of cricket to to whether or not the surgery is the right way to go about it? Yeah, 
Yeah, I did all those things, actually. So the, the decision in the end came down to, well, probably a number of things, really. I, I didn't want to have, with it pushing hard on the nerve, you can you can damage the nerve. So I didn't want to have sort of any long-term issues um, with my left arm in particular. So I was losing a lot of strength in my left arm. I was getting a lot of um, sort of nerve pain down the back of my arm, and I, I didn't want that to become anything permanent. And if I left it too long, I think there's a chance that it could. Um, the second one was that I want to be playing in the Ashes and playing well, so... Um, I didn't want it to sort of come good in a month and then be keep continually flaring up during the Ashes because if it came back as bad as it has been at times, there's no way I would have been able to play if it was the morning of a test match. So I didn't want to take that risk. Um, and then, yeah, just the long-term, I suppose, health of, you know, I've got a young family, I want to be able to pick up my kids and uh, and do all those sort of things. So I thought, get in, get it fixed, um, get myself right for the Ashes, be right for my family growing up. Um, and then as well, I've got some... Uh, things like, you know, I want to keep playing cricket for Tasmania even after my international career. So um, to have that fixed and, and out of the ways uh, was the correct decision for me long term. You know, is there any, well, this is obviously invasive surgery. Is, is there any, oh, I mean, have you, did you chat to anyone that's had it done before? Yeah, yes, I did. I was lucky. Um, Nathan Jones uh, from Melbourne's had a similar surgery. A uh, guy who played for the Gold Coast Titans and the Wallabies called Matt Rogers also have it done. So there was two guys that I spoke to, Cricket Australia, who so have spoken to a lot of surgeons around the world as well about time frames. And, um, you know, some, Matt Rogers played an NRL game in six weeks. So um, that's pretty remarkable. And I think Nathan Jones had it done after his last round game and, and started training fully um, day one of AFL pre-season. So pre-season has been set. Guys have got back from it reasonably quickly. And, um, yeah, we've been talking to all those players that have had it done, their doctors, their physios, their surgeons, to make sure that we can... Um, I suppose, track their rehab plans and, and get me back as quickly as we possibly can. And, Tim, we've got a while to wait. I mean, obviously, these dates can change. We're not even sure what's going to happen with Sydney. We're going to get a test now in yeah. Hobart, potentially with the Ashes, etc. But as of what we know of today, the first test is on the 8th of December. So yep. uh, doing the sums, it's a bit over two and a half months that you're pretty confident that you'll be able to get some required fitness cricket in before that, yep. before that first game. Yeah, I think so. I think as soon as this sort of six-week block is over, I think I'll be good to go. And, um, you know, I'm 36 years of age. So I've done plenty of cricket training. I know know what I'm trying to do. I know my game pretty well. So I'm pretty confident outside of that six-week uh, time frame that I'll be ready to go within a week if I needed to be. So um, it gives me plenty of time. Obviously, I won't be as fit or as strong as I would like to be. But um, you know, I think if I'm moving freely, which I wouldn't have been had I not had it done, then... Um, you know, I'll give a good fist of it. So, as you said, it's two and a half months. Um, outside of that six weeks, I'll, I'll get straight in my cricket and I could be ready to play you know, anywhere from a week to 10 days. Jack, I've seen 114 different polls the last 48 hours since this news became around the country. Who's keeping <laughs> Australia in the ashes, etc. I, I, I'm glad to hear it. I mean, in your case, it's your potentially your third ashes in a row. You were lucky enough to get the sweep the first time around when you got back into the yep. team. Um it really is potentially a, a really crowning glory moment for you, isn't it? It's hence why you've had the surgery. Yeah, definitely. It could be. Uh, I'm certainly not looking at it as, as my last uh, series. I mean, it could be. Who knows? Um, we, we don't know. But, um, yeah, I think any time you get a chance to play in an Ashes is, is a huge thing. I've said it before on the program. It's like a, a final series for Australian Test cricketers, and uh, they're the ones we look forward to. So... Um, hopefully it all works out. The Poms come over and do their quarantine and their families are okay with it and we can we can get it on. And uh, as you said, December 8th is the first test and um, I'm extremely confident I'll be right to go before then. I'll hopefully get a Shield game in for Tassie beforehand. And, uh, and yeah, to be 
hopefully on the winning end of a third Ashes would be would be something really special for me and our team. Flash, I've read every single one of those polls as well. There's a lot, of, a lot of people that don't think that the man here is going to be able to actually get back and play cricket. I think maybe early on. When you, when you hear back and whatnot, people think he's going to be out for six months. So a message, Tim, for anyone that's sort of doubting you at the moment? Um, no, I don't really. I, I like it, though. As I said, I'm not getting any younger and... Um, the winter's down here a little bit cold, so I'm going to need a little bit of motivation to get me up and, and get moving again. But um, as I said, I don't need too much more motivation than an Ashes series. Um, had plenty of doubters my whole career, so it's something that I'm used to. It's all right. I'll use it as motivation to get back out and, and look forward to a big Ashes series. Reports out of England said the preference would be that the start of the Ashes, the MCG, perhaps on Boxing Day. I mean, you know, and then go through January, February. I mean, there's all those sorts of things to talk oh, about as well. That's we even better. About December 8th, but... <laughs> You know, maybe this all gets pushed back even a little bit further with the, the current climate we're in as well. I mean, that's the other point to talk about. Yeah, I think it's all a little bit up in the air. I, mean, I had a uh, chat with Ben Oliver, our high performance manager yesterday, and he assures me it's all still on track at this stage. But um, as we know, with the COVID situation at the moment, things can change pretty quickly. So um, that would all be things that would be getting tossed around at, at board level. Um, but yeah, the main thing is that we, we get it on and... Um, I think the main stuff, again, with the English guys is around the, the protocols and um, quarantining and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we're not asking them to do anything that we won't be doing either. So um, I think we can get them out here. They'll realise that the conditions um, during Australian sort of COVID hubs are, are pretty good um, and nothing to, to sort of worry about. COVID obviously having a big impact in international cricket at the moment with the fifth test between India and England being, well, we've, we're basically wound up. On day one, they were going to go out there and have a bit of a hit, but unfortunately, the Indians on any could field aside. So that's a that is a big, big blow to the English team that are looking to run themselves into form coming out here, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It was, it was a big blow for cricket, actually. And uh, I know they ended up losing a lot of money out of it, and there seems to be still a fair bit going on there behind the scenes. With you know, was it a forfeit? Was it a was the game called off um, with Test World? World Test Championship final points up for grabs. Um, I think it was a bit disappointing. Again, I think there were some reports that the Indians weren't uh, fantastic with their um, COVID restrictions. They were all seen out somewhere at a, at a party or a book launch, I think. So, um, yeah, interesting times for both of those. But as I said, I think the protocols set up in Australia um, have been brilliant. They were really good last year. And, um, yeah, the English guys will get out here and we'll have a brilliant Ashes series and um, hopefully with, with some big crowds as well. I'm going to spend some time on the couch over the next few weeks, Payne, resting up. Did you happen to catch uh, catch the footy last weekend? Um, and what did you? If you did, what did you make of the games? Oh, yeah, I did. I thought both the winners were excellent, but I must admit, I was I heard Jared Waitley and I think David King talk about how good they thought it was. I was I'd switched them off by half time. I was getting ready for the granny. I was I was really excited, looking forward to a couple of close games, and um, particularly disappointed that Flash had tipped both winners. So <laughs> I flicked them off and, and went to bed I pretty early. Too, by the way. <laughs> he did actually. What do you make of the footy team, in, in in general? And what are you next week? I mean, you're well, you oh. were the host of the show until uh, last week. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow is yep. a new day, of course. But what do you think? It's is, a good game, isn't it? That is a very good game. I think Melbourne probably going favourites, but I thought both of them last week. It was times where I thought Melbourne looked like the Harlem Globetrotters in that first half, the way they were flicking the ball around and everyone was on song. And uh, big Maxi Gorn was putting on an absolute clinic for most of the game, but there was about 10 minutes there. He was like the greatest footballer ever walked on the planet. So uh, they were excellent. And then the Bulldogs at times were just impressive um, the next night. So I think hopefully they both play well. Um, looks like a really good matchup. I think it'll be a really exciting game, a good game to watch. So i um, looking forward to it in about three weeks' time.
Well, Flash, any time the Australian cricket captain is injured, it is always going to be on the... It's going to be headlines all over the world. But this... He went viral, Painey. You went viral. Uh, and, and, well, not all for the wrong reasons, but, well, if you haven't heard it, uh, and, look, you must have been living under a rock if you haven't heard Tony Armstrong's gaff. We've got it here right now. Australian skipper Tim Payne is set to undergo neck surgery, but medical staff remain confident that the veteran will be fit for the ashes. Payne has a bulging dick that has been disc that has been that's a funny one has been causing him pain. I'm going to throw to you very quickly, Michael. Bulging what? Disc, disc. I said disc. That's what that's what I thought you said. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. I'm just going to drink water. <laughs> no, you. You couldn't have been that happy to be going in for surgery, could you? Duh, but it was actually just before I went in too, so it was actually very funny. My phone was going berserk, and I thought, Christ, what's happened here? Um, but yeah, no, very good. I think he's copped a fair, uh, fair whack for it the last few days, poor fella. But um, well, well, Paney, we were thinking in here, we put our heads together. You're not on the show. And we thought, why don't we give Tony a call and just get him online? He doesn't know we're going to call. We'll, we'll give him a bell. And uh, and we can clear everything up that's actually happened in the surgery, and uh, maybe have, have a bit of a chat and, and get his side of the story. So we'll, we'll dial him up. He doesn't know. So here we go. Hello, Tony. Have we got you? It's Jack Revolt here from Ed, Jack and Payne. You've caught me on a little bit of a hop there. I've got David Flash Lithgow filling in for Payne. Of course, Tim Payne has been injured, but we have got Payne on the line, mate. Um, Boys, I don't know. I don't know whether you've ever met before, but you're meeting over the phone. No, we haven't. Tony, no, Tim, mate, I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we believe in the truth at the ABC, mate. So, Absolutely. Uh, well. no. Look, there's been a lot of fake, a lot of fake news being reported the last few years. So it's great to hear a bit of honesty. <laughs> it's good for us to straighten up and and find and find where true north is, isn't that right? Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> well, it boys, mate, how did the surgery go, mate? I'm interested to hear. <laughs> yeah, it went well. Went well. Both surgeries went well. So um, I'm recovering. I got home. This afternoon, so um, yeah, it all went very well. But my phone—I must have phone to the boys. My phone kicked off about an hour before I went under the knife, and I switched on the Twitter feed, and it was going viral. Tony, what do you yeah. do when you make a gaff like this? You, well, you, you owned it straight away, which I, I really well, enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's the only way to do it, isn't it? You've got to get out ahead of it. Um, I can't remember what yeah. I tweeted. Now I probably already started to have some sort of drugs on board, but I think it was. Quick t- tweet, get out in front of it, and then uh, and then it dies off a bit quicker. But it was a, it did get out there for a few days. I'm not going to lie, it was good. That's the tweet we're talking about right now as well, not not the yes, disc. absolutely, absolutely. No, the disc is well and truly back in place. Um, yeah, I mean, from my perspective, it was about six. Uh, it was in the six twenty slot that I do, and uh, the lights <laughs> were on, but no one was home. I'm due a holiday, and um, <laughs> I just, it's come out, and I've gone, oh goodness, what's going on here? Yeah. I've just got to. I've just got to finish my auto cue read and then uh, try to <laughs> and try to put out this fire that I've just that I've just started. And um, I didn't do anything uh, of the like. In fact, it just got even more legs, and away it went. But um, yeah, nah, it was good. Good little bit of fun, wasn't it? It was. It's an easy slip of the tongue as well. I said to the boys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, last year the beauty of it is, Tony. Um, thanks for joining us very briefly, mate. Is that I think you both come out of it better than you were before the gaff, and that's normally what happens <laughs> in these scenarios. I think you both come out smelling like roses, quite frankly. Well, yeah, Tim. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's only it can only possibly be good for your image. And uh, now, Pete, <laughs> the only thing that's happened for me is I've just kind of 
expose myself to the world that I'm actually as dumb as what I pretend to be. <laughs> no, um, the superstar, so, Tony. We <laughs> well, Tony, you, you're not on your own because you started a, a trend here, and and well, one of the well, probably the most important person behind Craig Hutchison is Jared Waitley, who has his own show here, nine till twelve on SEN. Here's a gaff that he had the day after you've thrown out the old bulging, well, I won't say bulging dick, basically. My, another Michael had a a convoluted draft set up to land North Melbourne with not only oh, yeah. Callum Coleman-Jones, but Sam Wiedemann as well <laughs> to put around Larky and he could see the three-legged monster. The so three-headed the- monster, I beg your pardon. Even the doyens of sports calling... Uh, prone, yeah. prone to, uh, prone to having a little bit of a slip up there. We, we couldn't run the, the Gold Coast Suns audio from Jared Healy oh, from a few years ago, but yes. <laughs> you've joined, oh, you've joined geez. some good company there. No, there's, there's, a, there's a really good one. Um, Kieran Jack's wife, Charlotte Goodlett. Um, uh, she has. It's not dissimilar to Carmichael Hunt's kind of territory. Um, <laughs> Uh, and she drops one of them in a news bulletin, and you've never seen someone go translucent faster. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen that their read. It's a classic. It's uh, an she tweeted me that like, not not so. She messaged me that, and she was just like, "Hey, mate, if you if you're feeling excited out today, just remember that this one went went uh, nationally. So you're in good company. But it's um it's all good fun. It's all, the thing about um, about. Uh, Jared Waitley is he says some of the biggest words you've ever heard. Like yeah. I don't know what half of mean anyway. <laughs> no one you know, does. What does he want to say that stuff? <laughs> well, Tony, thank you for being such a great sport. We really do appreciate you jumping on, and you do join some famous names in Australian sport. But it all started with Sandy Roberts and Leanne Dick oh, and Leanne Cox. So, mate, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it, and uh, no we're loving some of your stuff on Fox Footy too, mate. Uh, thanks, guys, and uh, Tim, mate, uh, heal up, get get well soon, and can't wait to talk about you winning, winning uh, some test matches soon. Cheers, mate. Thanks very much. Good on you. There you there go. You Tony Armstrong, ABC Newsreader. We'll give him a little plug there. And we'll, we'll, well the fact that he was on at 6.20 in the morning, we'll, we'll give him a pass on that. But some very, very stuff, very, very funny stuff, sorry, uh, and Tony, obviously... Making his way as a sports call too. He's very good. He's, he's um, got his own played style a, and, yeah, played yep. a lot of footy as well. So, Payne, that's it, mate. Thank you for joining us. Um, no worries. Mate. Anything to the show. loyal, anything to the loyal listeners out there before you rest off into the sunset? No, no. I just said I'll be back next week. So I'm sorry that you have to put up with Flash for longer than you, you normally would, but. Um, Extreme circumstances. So you carry him through this week, mate, and we'll be back on board next week. Well, before you go, have you got a Brownlow tip? We're going to we're going to do. Well, we're previewing the Brownlow next yep. time, and it, well, obviously Brownlow coming up Sunday night. Have you got a Brownlow tip for us? I'm going to go for Tracker just ahead of Darcy Parish. Tracker ahead. Oh, oh. mate, take your bloody bombers scarf off. Wait, you wait and see. He'll be racking them up. Oh, Absolutely well. racking them up. Rest up, Tim, thanks. Rest thanks, up, mate. The seat's great. Yeah. I've enjoyed no, it. it's warm. <laughs> Have a good one. It's good. Rest up, mate, and we'll uh, look forward to catching you next week. Up next, it's Brownlow preview time. We've given it a little bit, a little bit of a plug there. Paney tipping Petrarca. Of course, he's an Essendon supporter, so he's gone for Darcy Parish here. This is Jack and Paney on SEN Hobart. Harrison Agents to buy, sell, or rent in Tasmania. Search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Uh, 
Welcome back to Jack and Painey. Of course, myself, Jack Revolt, and the great man, David Flash Lithgow, filling in for injured Captain Tim Payne, injured Australian Captain Tim Payne. I should show you straight. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are here thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate experts. Flash, the brown low rolls around on Sunday night. A Love bit, it. A bit of a change up. It's uh, got its fresh air. It's got the week to itself. Um, and the coverage all starts at 7.30 uh, Sunday night, mate. Let's, uh, let's go through some contenders for, for this year's Brownlow. Who have you, uh, who have well, you got? Right, most. Yeah, I mean, there's separate brackets, isn't there? But I guess everyone's really got Wines, Oliver, Bontempelli in that top bracket of... And I guess depending on who you, you speak to, I mean, one of those three is generally the favourites with somebody. You've got Bontempelli getting 30 votes this year, for example, Um I don't think he will because I think Jack McRae is going to poll better than others. But, you know, it's really interesting. Steele, Jack Steele and Petrarca on the next line. Then you've got your roughies, I guess, that perhaps won't, you know, poll as high. But, look, you look at someone like Luke Parker, for example. He's been a runner-up in a Brownlow. I think he's an incredible chance to poll 20 votes because I don't know who's going to take all those votes off him. And I think McRae is going to poll a lot better than perhaps he, they're the two that, you know, people would suggest, so that's going to cost Bontempelli some votes, isn't it? So, so do they eat into each other a little bit and that gives Wines even a bit more of a free run, perhaps? Because Petrarca's still got Oliver, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I, I see where you're going with this, but I think the fact that um, they have those two teams and the Bulldogs obviously didn't lost three in a row late, uh, maybe even four in a row, sorry, they won enough games to still get enough votes. They're going to get well over 100 votes as a... As a team as Melbourne are as well so there's plenty of votes to go around I think Petrarca is a better chance than Oliver um, just due to the fact that he uh, I reckon he's a three vote getter he's got a like Dustin had an amazing amazing 2017 where he got 10 three votes so 30 votes usually wins will, will win you nearly every Brownlow in the AF, in AFL history the last five years has been incredible polling it, yep it, <laughs> I think I think Petrarca for mine is probably the one, but I mean, you look at the top names in, in terms of the the market, and, and they have a Wines midfielder, Oliver midfielder, Bontempelli midfielder, Steele midfielder, this. Petrarca it's... midfielder, Walsh midfielder, Parish midfielder, McRae midfielder, Tom Mitchell midfielder. So I'm just struggling to see where the forwards and the backs are in this, David. And on and on it goes. You go a little bit further, probably until you got down to Max Gorn. You know, he plays in the midfield too. And... He plays in the midfield too. Flash. He's the ruckman. Yeah, but at least he's a ruckman. At least he's not a you know a, a, an out and out midfielder. But you're right, he does play like one. But I, I, I think that's why I like wine. So I mean, my point being is that I'm not sure. Look, Boke's going to pull some votes as well. But I don't like it when you've got two stars just eating at each other and. Um, yeah, so, look, Wines for me, uh, and Parker's my roughie. You know, people will say you're a Swans cheerleader. Well, there's a bit of truth in that. But More than a bit, Mills will poll votes. You're uh, sitting there in your um, jumper right I, now. I, I, I can see it. That's a fib, of course, as you know. But <laughs> it's going to be interesting. It's still, look, 
you think it's a midfielder's award. I mean, David, it is. Probably a little bit sulky still. What's the most you've polled? 12, 11? Let me, can we think about that? Uh, I think 11. I don't know off the top of my head. I'd have to go and do some research, but I think it That's, might be. You do know. 2000, maybe 2010, I might have polled 11 when votes. We lost a lot of games though, so we did, I didn't win. Uh, didn't didn't win many games, so it's hard to get sort of sort of mm. votes when you're not winning. But maybe 2018. I'm, I'm not sure. We'll we'll get someone to have a look at that and see what it is. But uh, I might pull it. It is really year. good that they you know. It, well, it is good. What I do like is the people at the top. They're all playing the grand final this week, and so you know you, with Oliver Bontempelli, Petrarca, you know McRae. They're all at the top of the round low voting. McRae not so much, but. Isn't it awesome that we've got these in-form mids all about to take on each other next weekend? I can't wait. There it is. It is. It's, uh, and, of course, Flash, it's not just the Brownlow that's being awarded on Sunday night. There's a big, uh, well-esteemed award called the Mark of the Year. I hope all our ooh. listeners went out there and voted last week because Payne was pushing it hard. How, how do I react, do you reckon, if I don't win it? Uh Look, I'd tell you if I didn't think you would win it. Toys Uh, out of the cot sort of style? Oh, I absolutely would think so because, look, this is the only time you hear me say something nice about you today. But look, it's the unique element to your mark which separates it from the rest. But the trouble is, I mean, what do you get a toy car, a matchbox car now? I mean, 10, 15 years ago, you would have had some brand new SS Commodore or something amazing. What happened to the cars? Uh, Well, well, certainly this year, COVID's hit, so... You're right. It might be a matchbox car, but it's a it's a bit of a different Brownlow setup this this year. Flash actually, um, yep. obviously due to COVID restrictions, it's a test case too, isn't it? Well, like this might change things for good potentially. Two things: grand final time slot. They're testing it out there. Don't tell me they're not. But this Brownlow time slot as well. I mean, it, it's I not even that. Flash. When we look back, it's not even that. They had, <laughs> are we going into the digital age where players won't have to show up to the red carpet because? The players in Victoria and New South Wales will not be attending a Brownlow function. They'll actually all be Zooming in. So due to the, uh, obviously, the COVID crisis over here in both of those states. So you've got a gig? I'm going. Well, I say I'm going. I'll be going upstairs and I've got to wear it. It's still black tie, so the uh, not not all is lost. We're still keeping some sort of sanity in the Brownlow. Uh, players in all You're the other states. Up, aren't you? No, That's I'm right. not. Players in the other states will be going to a function in their state. And the the other players, Victoria and New South Wales, will be all zooming in. There is a testing testing case at four thirty in the afternoon on Sunday afternoon, where everyone will zoom in to see if our Wi Fi is all good and see how it all goes out. So it will be very very interesting because I've <laughs> I've pitched this to Mitch, our producer. I said, why not have get me some 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 advertising hoarding or placard that I can stick up behind me. In my uh, in my in my study of the Jack and Painy show, Sen Hobart. Just imagine having that plastered behind my. What's your mark. house? Yeah, behind exactly. House. They can't tell me yours. what I've got up on the walls, can they? Can I just clarify this? So, just going to check. So, you're at home. Yep. Um, where will Carly be? Just let me just downstairs. Downstairs. Right the here. girls will be in bed. She'll be downstairs. You'll have the black tie on, and will you be fully kitted up, or you have pajamas nah, and slippers oh, on underneath? Please. It's a it's a board short sort of tracky short job underneath at the suit and tie. I'm not wearing. And and, and what about the food? You get delivered like or do you prepare your own baked beans? What 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 is that? How does it too far? What, no, well, hopefully what? I win mark of the year and I can just nibble into a few pies. That maybe that might be first prize. So interesting times uh, calls for interesting measures, and of course the brownlow will be very interesting. Flash, give me who wins and a top three.
Yeah, I'm going with Wines for those reasons that I mentioned to you before. Um, I think I think Oliver will be in the top three, and I think Luke Parker will get his second wow. top three finish from outside, a long way out. But again, I'm look. I think Mills will take a few off him. Off him. He had a good year himself, but I just think he's proven vote getter. He'll get twenty plus. There's your va- there's there's your value anyway. Uh, I've got Petrarca winning it, and I really hope he does uh, because he's had a fantastic last 24 months, and he will be key to uh, Melbourne's chances come gun. next Saturday night. Uh, I'm going to go Bontempelli for second, and I'm going to throw in an absolute roughie here for possibly third. I'm going to throw in Cam Guthrie. Geelong won a lot of games of football. He played some good footy, plays in the good midfield, heavens. and my my thinking is that... He's got something that a lot of players don't have, and that is a real sort of dreadlock blonde hairdo, which he you does. think about some winners and guys that have performed well. Andrew uh, Angus Brayshaw had a helmet and finished third under the nose of the umpires. They noticed a guy on the helmet. Well, Woden famously won it with the peroxide hair. Johnny Platten. Johnny Platten. I, I think Guthrie might vote okay. So I, I, I'm going with the, the hair factor there as is uh, him finishing third and rounding out my top three. So it's going to be a big night. Sunday night, we will crown the 2021 Brownlow medalist. But now it's time to get some news headlines. This is Jack and Paney with Flash filling in on SEN Hobart. Well, last week, Flash, Launceston were crowned TSL Premiers for 2021, back-to-back after winning the Premiership in 2020 as well. You called the game. What did you... Uh, some good plays in there. Uh, young Gronowigan won the medal. Uh, what did you take out of the uh, the big grand final matchup? It was a terrific game of footy, and it just went a little bit south. And I guess in terms of the neutral fan in the last quarter, when Launceston really just got on top. But what a powerhouse couple of clubs they are up there, without any doubt. And they've got a bit of a dominance on the the southern mobs. Your old mob included Jack Clarence, who had a good year in fairness, but there's a real strength up there. And one of the really good players on the weekend. He's been kind enough to join us, Fletcher Seymour. How are you, Fletcher? Congratulations again. Very good, Flash. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, still very happy uh, that we managed to get the win on Saturday, on Sunday. I, I say f- congratulations again because I saw you uh, on Sunday night after we did call the game here on SEN. Um, terrific game of footy, very hard and spiteful, Jack. I've got to tell you, these two teams hate each other. And I'm talking very briefly um, to Fletcher after the grand final. There's certainly no love loss. It's a, it's a rivalry which uh, stems right back. And there's a genuine, his hate's a strong word, I know. But can I use that word in this case, Fletch? I, I think so. Um, but we always say up here, it's very healthy. Um, there is also a lot of mutual respect between the two clubs. Um, North of obviously... Been a powerhouse of the competition for eight years now. That was the eighth straight grand final. Um, so yeah, there's a, there is plenty of spite when we play each other, um, but it is a healthy rivalry. And Fletch, the well, the big news during the week was obviously the tribunal with Cody Thorpe being rubbed out and, and ultimately missing the chance at going back to back with you guys on uh, on Sunday. But the the bloke he repli- the bloke replaced him, Mitch Thorpe, who I know reasonably well. Is what's the, what are your thoughts on the coach coming in after only playing three games in the year and then putting himself in for the granny? Well, I was actually one of the ones that begged him to play. Um, looking at where we sort of fell down against North Lonnie a couple of weeks ago, we, we really struggled to bring the ball to ground inside our forward 50. So we needed a big body just to sort of crash backs. And um, that was sort of the basis of Mitch playing. We said, you know, if you can just bring the ball to ground and let our little blokes go to work, um, we think he'll be really effective. Um, he needed convincing to play. He didn't want to 
early in the week. Um, but a few of the senior boys got to him and, and convinced him. And um, thank God he did because he had a pretty good day. Well, he did, Jack, of course. He kicked the first goal of the game and then he milked one a little bit later on the quarter. It was a shocking decision for the free kick. I don't know how he got away with it. But in an old, experienced head, Fletcher, wasn't it, who tried to, get, I guess, get in the head of some of the younger North players. And they've got a lot of youth, a bit, I guess a little bit more than what Launceston have. You've got some kids of your own. But he was at his very best uh, early on, was he, with his verbal sort of language and rallying the troops? Yeah, he was, and he sees the game so well out on the field. So he gets our forwards um, up in position where they need to be, um, sort of directs traffic pretty well out on the field. So, um, you know, he, bring, he brings a lot more to the table than just his physical presence, um, but that certainly uh, is a bit intimidating for some of the younger players. So it is good to have him out there. Fletch, what does it feel like going back-to-back? It's obviously a really fantastic achievement. Have you kept most of your list together from the first time around or have you been able to add and grow? Is It, uh, it really is a fantastic achievement. Yeah, I think, there was probably, I think there was 14 or 15 from last year's grand final. Um, so, you know, that was seven, um, seven or eight players that came in and played in that first one. So we've sort of added and adapted a little bit. Um, but as far as the feeling goes, we're talking about it a bit over the last couple of days. The first one, it was just pure um, elation and we're just all stoked because we we weren't really expected to win the game. I think we'd been north once in our last 20 starts against them. Against them. So um, it was a bit of an upset. Um, and post that grand final, everyone was just, um, yeah, elated. Um, but after this one, it was sort of a bit more relief. We were probably the best team all year. Um, dropped a couple of games late, so our form was a little bit shaky. So, yeah, to get home and hear that final siren on Sunday, it was probably more relief than anything. It fletch you your own journey, of course, for people that don't know. You were a very good cricketer not so long ago, a few years ago. I'm sure you could still play the game OK if you played now, but played in the Australian under-19 set-up, of course, won a flag with Mowbray uh, several years ago and went down south for a period of time. Um, cricket was your very much your first love, that's for sure. Take us back to that decision you had to make. Was it was it that you you know you thought your cricket had sort of gone as far as you want, or was it more? Yeah, I think that's probably a good footy? way to put. Yeah, I think it's probably a good way to put it. I, I gave cricket a fair old crack from sort of fifteen all the way up to about twenty. Um, managed to get a, a fair bit out of myself, but probably just lacked. The attributes. Um, I was a bowler, so I didn't quite have the height or the speed um, or the control to really go to that that next level. Um, I gave it a good crack for a few years, um, but sort of yeah, got probably saw the writing on the wall. Um, and growing up, I always loved footy, so I jumped at the chance to uh, to play state league footy when when I could. Who's your most famous pole then? You, you played some. You obviously played at a decent level. Who's who's the best batsman you've ever got out? Well, a bit of a cheeky one. I played in the Ricky Ponting tribute game, so I got Dean Jones out. But oh, nice. you know, well past it, well past his prime at that stage. Um, probably the one, the one I'd like to brag about now. I got Will Pukowski out in the under nineteen carnival a few years ago. Wow, Will Pukowski. That's a good. That is a very, very, very good get. get. Yeah, well, I think so. Hopefully he can uh, go on and have a pretty good test career and I can look back on it in 10 years' time and it'll sound a bit more impressive. Uh, now, Flash, uh, let me know that you played some football at, obviously, uh, the famous OHA where Flash assures me that he's a, um, a life member. Did, yep. where, where were you when Lorna Jane's situation happened with the tight setup? Were you, were you playing for OHA uh, that day? <laughs> 
Yeah, that was actually my first game back playing footy probably in a year or two. And I was actually running around in the reserves with Flash that day. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I rocked up to the game and I just thought it was probably standard procedure from the great man, but <laughs> turns out it wasn't. And um, it, had, it went viral that evening on Facebook, I think. Oh, didn't um, it? What did you think? What did you think when you saw him? When you saw the great, you know, Flash is six foot one, six foot two, three, thank you, six foot three, <laughs> bit of a string bean. And you and oh, I said the, nearly the face of the club, certainly the voice of the club. And he's run out in three quarter Lorna Jane tights from Big W. <laughs> Yeah, it's just one of those moments where you sit in the corner and shake your head, don't really know what to think. Um, but it was very funny, I'll say that. And look, the only thing I'd like you to do, Fletcher, is actually, because no one seems to care, the fact that I actually played a pretty good game. <laughs> and the beauty of it is, Jack, is that Fletcher I'd known for a number of years and he probably didn't know any other person in the club, in fairness. But um, you kept kicking it to me, son. Let's not let's not talk real talk. He might have been kicking it to you, but here. were you catching it? I would just give me just yeah, look, no. just just t- tell them please just once just give me a little bit of optimism about how that whole thing went down. Yeah, well, when you pick it up in the middle of the ground and you see the the three quarter tight screaming <laughs> out of full forward at you, it's hard to miss. So you uh, just kick it to him. <laughs> well, Fletch, uh, congratulations once again, a two time premiership player and back to back for the Launceston Football Club. It's an amazing achievement, mate, and uh, well done. Thank you very much. Well done, Fletcher. There you go, Flash. Your boy, Fletcher Seymour, Launceston Premiership player. But most importantly, his first game back from a long while was the infamous Lorna Jane game at OHA. Up next, it's time to look local. This is Jack and Flash, and Flash is filling in for Paney on the Jack and Paney Show. Back shortly. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell, or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Welcome back to Jack and Payne on SEN. Of course, David Flash Lithgow, who usually comes in when this song is on, has been with us from the get-go due to Tim Payne's back surgery, which we've all heard about today. Flash, local sports discussions. And before we get on to the local sports discussions, sorry, I did put in a call to Brent Costello to see if he'd come in and fill your role this week, but uh, didn't get through to him, unfortunately. So he hasn't joined us here, but uh, you're uh, you're back on local sport now, mate. So uh, Ariane Titmus, she's uh, in Launceston, and well, she has been in Launceston the last few days, and we'll get the keys to the city of Lonnie today. What a star, and she's been going around the schools and catching up with the people. Great to see her back home and just solidifying the fact that she's uh, a proud young Tasmanian woman, despite the Queenslanders' best efforts over the Olympics, Jack, to really make her spell a Anastasia. Come on, like. spell from Anastasia no. Palaszczuk. Absolutely, that is that's just no. Nah. Just cheek. Yeah, cheek. Bit, bit of cheek, bit of cheek. Other big news: the government has signed deals with the Hawthorne Football Club and the North Melbourne Football Club. That's good. And Gutwin's, you know, he, he's had his way of recent times, hasn't he? He's almost strong-armed, I reckon, in the AFL and how he's handled all the dealings. I think he's been tremendous and very happy to do the one-year deal. And one year is all you got, too, because I reckon he's just going to keep the pressure on the AFL to make sure they commit to this journey that is the Tassie journey going forward. But, yeah, four games again for the Hawks, four games for North Melbourne. And, you know, for the neutral fan in Tassie, that's terrific news. And we certainly want to keep... The AFL, you know, circus coming to town as much as possible. $8 million into the coffers of both those teams, but, of course, $40 million coming back the other way in revenue for Tasmanians. And... How, do they, how do they make up those figures? Like, do they go, do they 
you know, talk to the pizza owners, do they, in North Hobart? What, like, how do they? I've always been. I've got absolutely. You know what I mean? Do you go up to Marty Zuko's and say, Marty, what happens when they eat yeah. extra pizza? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, I, I, to be honest, I just read that, so I know that that's the, the stat. And there's smarter people than me with better calculators there that is. are able to work out those things. WBBL is coming to Tassie in a big way, well, Flash. That's awesome. That's awesome. There's 20 games in Tassie. Um, the best cricket that the women can offer will be in Tassie. I've been fortunate enough, Jack, as you know, to call all of the WBBL since its very first year, seven or eight years ago, and watch that program and that it just get better and better. You know, five, ten percent better every year. And now with all the international stars that will be here in Tassie, what a smorgasbord! We thought this would be happening. We did sing, mention it on the first Jack and Pony, I think we talked about perhaps a hub coming to Tassie with the WBBL. Well, it's here and the stars are here. Look, it is a tremendous product um, and we're very fortunate to have a... October is generally a little bit of a quieter time as well in sports sometimes between cricket and footy, so what a great time to come down here. They'll be playing up north, they'll be playing Invermay Park, Utahs and Blunston Arena. Would have liked them to go down to Burnie again. I've done quite a few doubleheaders down there um, with the Hurricanes, the Thunder of recent years. They don't get a crack at the northwest coast, but cricket, cricket, cricket everywhere. Love it. Certainly good seeing Tasmania put themselves up as an option for that test. We floated that with Premier Gutwin last week. Uh, that Sydney test would be fantastic. But, of course, we start with the WBBL uh, and lots and lots of games for Tasmanians to attend. Second tier footy, we had the SFL Premiership last week, which Launceston won, and we spoke to to Fletcher Seymour about that, but we've got two big games this weekend as well. Well, my focus is very much on the on the derby, Huonville versus Signet. They've been threatening the last few years, those great rivals to play each other, and it hasn't quite worked out. But here we go on Saturday, we get that opportunity, and I'm not sure what the crowd maximum is at this stage. I'm hoping it's going to be 5,000, but they'll get 5,000 on the bit, without any question. That's... Tremendous game of footy and, you know, at North Hobart as well. That's something I'm not going to be able to get there. I'm going to be at the wrong end of the state, sadly. But you can't wait to hear what happens. And I think they'll bash each other senseless. Uh, That's probably not the right word to put. <laughs> That's certainly... It is an old-fashioned rivalry down there on the channel. So, Huonville versus Signet. And up the north end of the state, we've got Penguin. Uh, Mavwellers, Penguin, Two Blues taking on Star Devonport. Penguin. Taking Poor. on Devonport. Have you got a take on that one there? Penguin are good. Um, I haven't seen uh, any of the footy on the northwest coast, but understand, talking with Damien Gill from AFL Taz, he's watched several games up there this year, and he, he thinks that standard outside the TSL, the best two or three teams are the best two or three teams around. And so I'm certainly not going to doubt his thing. Penguin haven't won a flag since 1985. I saw your man, Benny Gar, of course, on Twitter this the week. Chief. He's been pumping... Pumping up the grand final. Um, he's a great Penguin person, as was his brother, uh, Michael. Of course, Justin Plapp, another high flyer, of course, from the Penguin footy player. And talking about Devonport, Matthew Richardson, G. Birchall, who we had on a little bit earlier today, um, two of the proudest clubs. And um, that's the other one we'll keep our eye on. Well, Flash, what have you? Let's let's come to the end of the show, mate. Uh, you filled well, in nicely. Look, yeah. you, what are your th- What are your thoughts? Are you happy sitting in that chair? Very comfortable. Um, looking forward to Tim getting on the mend. Um, he's already locking himself in for two hours. That's what does he, he make does. It next he trains hard. He worked well. Just oh, look, Mitch. He had me in, he had me in the voice box. I was a bit worried just, when he said we went through my voice look, box. That was we, the less intrusive way. We got fifteen minutes out of him. I thought we might get six. So he's pretty gritty in his own way, the skipper. But um, happy to be involved and good to see in all seriousness. Tim's going well and. 
don't you know these people creating these stories? Is it Inglis or is it Carey or who's going to take him in the ashes? He'll be fine. Um, we don't like to say too many nice things about Tim, but in this case, uh, we love him. He's going well. We can't wait to see him back, probably for Tassie, a game as he said before the first test. And hopefully for us, and well, well, not for you, but hopefully for us, he'll be back next week for a massive grand final eve on Jack and Paney. If you missed any of the show today, you can head to sen.com.au to catch up on all the highlights or catch the best on Sunday morning across the country. Flash, thanks for joining me, mate, and feeling very, very big shoes. Great to join you, mate. Loved every moment of it. Stick around next. It's Kane Corns. We'll be taking your calls on the captain's run. I still don't know why he calls it the captain's run, but he calls it the captain's run right here on SEN Hobart.